Welcome to the State of Games. This is Dice Hate Me. And this is Monkey238. And this is episode 22, or as we like to call it... The one about... Two pairs? <laughs> <laughs> you already forgotten the title? I did. Alright, well we're joined here with Sean and Jackie, two of our gaming couple friends, and we've... Thus the other pair. Thus the other pair, yes. And they've joined us for a long week. Actually, you guys have been here since Wednesday. That's mm-hmm. right. We're on the road this week, actually. We're on the mobile recorder, so it might sound a little bit different than when we're in front of the computer. But we're up in the mountains in Banner Elk. Uh, we had some snow earlier in the week, and we've all been kind of not necessarily snowed in, but we've had a, a mandatory snow in so we can play lots of games together. And Jameson and Kraken have been here as our friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're enjoying a fine beverage right now, courtesy of Jameson's Brewery. No, no. Distillery, actually. Um, so, oh, and Mike. Mike's here oh, as well. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Mike and his hard lemonade is here to join us. <clears throat> well, we want to get together uh, just to talk about um, Gaming for Two and also some of the games that we've enjoyed together this week, but a little bit more about what we both as couples or both pairs of couples look for in gaming together. But before we go forward, we'd like to thank our sponsor. Eagle and Griffin Games. Again. Again. (laughs) They're always great, always behind the podcast. And we'd like to mention from Eagle and Griffin Games that uh, Caveman Curling is still available on Kickstarter. It is a fantastic game. It's a lot of fun. We've actually played it this (laughs) week while we've been together. What do you guys think? I love it, but I like like flicky games. It's really simple. It's what you'd expect from curling. Um, But it was was a lot of fun, and we laughed a lot, and that's what's important. That's right. Jackie, what did you think? I am not a fan of flicky games, but I like the team aspect. So yes. it was fun to have my flicking go a little further. So the girls put up with our flicking as much as they possibly could. <laughs> Sharon's not much of a flicker either. So anyway, we'd like to thank Eagle and Griffin Games for sponsoring the State of Games. Um, is there anything currently on Kickstarter that... Oh, well, Frank and Die, but unfortunately by the time this comes out, I think Frank and Die, uh, the Kickstarter campaign is going to be over. But uh, we're looking forward to seeing what Nutforge Games comes up with. Right now, we have a little bit of a lull on Kickstarter. I don't know of anything currently other than Caveman Curling that is going on um, that we need to mention. But in about two to three weeks, we will have something we're going to be mentioning. Viva Java! That's right. And we actually played that today. Twice. Twice. Yeah, we played the intern expansion for four players. And so that'll be coming up in a couple weeks. Did you guys have a good time with that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 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 I like Viva Java. It was only the... <clears throat> fifth time I played it, I guess, by the time we yeah. were done. So, and well, you're the first a time I played with the a veteran. Turns. Yeah, the first time we played with the with the inspansion. So the inspansion, yes. a lot, a lot to, uh, a lot to learn and digest. But I think overall, a very positive experience. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're going to um, we got a lot of development notes out of playing Viva Java today. So we're going to start putting those into application. Uh, probably around January 25th, so you guys can mark your calendar. About January 25th, we're going to launch the Kickstarter campaign for Viva Java. And we'll make sure to update you guys. Matter of fact, in, let's see, the next state of games beyond this one, before we get on to our couples gaming, so you guys will know, the next state of games beyond this one, we're actually going to be traveling to the Unpub 2, which is going to be in Dover, Delaware, sponsored by... Uh, Car Trunk Entertainment. Right. Um, uh, that's John Moeller's company. Exactly. And Monkey's we will be... Crack Brother. He's crack, my crack baby bro. Yeah, crack baby brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll be joined there by lots of fun folks. Um, David McKenzie from Clever Mojo Games. Um, T.C. Petty. T.C. Petty. Of course, designer of Eva Java. Daryl Lauder, graphic designer of Dice Safari and designer of Compounded. Compounded, a game which you will probably be hearing a lot more about in the coming year. A great game. Um, maybe Ben Rossett? Yep, Ben Rossett, who we've talked about before, designed The Market, which Sean has played. Actually, mm-hmm. did you play a Ben's game? I did not play yeah. The Market. Um, and Mike Swearin. And Mike Swearin, you did play Mike Swearin. I yeah, did play Stage so, After the Fall. Correct. We played these at WBC, met these guys. They're probably going to be there for the Unpub. We're going to have a good time. We're going to take the, the recorder, probably some video, um, get some, some sound bites from a lot of people uh, testing out and playing their unpublished games. So we'll have that for the next state of games and an exclusive interview with TC Beta III. So until then, let's move on. So 
So, <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about? Well, we'll just start off. We've already talked a lot about some of the games that we play either right before going to bed or we play as couples. But we wanted to kind of get your opinions as, as games you guys have bought or you enjoy playing you know, as a pair when you have your, when you have when you don't have friends over and it's just you you two. So, sure. Um, well, I think a lot of it really has ha, is impacted by our play styles, our individual play styles. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so we don't really play a whole lot of, like, gotcha games or games that are hyper-competitive for two players. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there are really kind of two styles of games that we play, I think, as a couple. The first one is, like, a, a basic um, co-op game that can be really enjoyable with two players, and you don't, you don't necessarily need a whole lot more players than that to enjoy. So things like Pandemic, uh, Forbidden Island... Um, and then even some some high uh, some more um, dense competitive or co-op fair like Defenders of the Realm. I'm trying to think of some of the others that we play. We've regularly. made modifications to to some games. <coughs> oh yeah, even, even like competitive modes. And yeah. so you want, some of you yeah. might laugh at this, but so we take things like uh, World of Warcraft, the board game, which is normally supposed to be with two players competitive, and we kind of created our own game. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. That yeah. we actually we actually play, <laughs> and uh, so it's it's kind of fun. Um, what other games do you do that with? <clears throat> I think that's really the that's only major the most, one. I mean, we've had some, we've experimented with Heroescape a little bit, but that hasn't. Yeah, well, Heroescape will break out from yeah. time to time too, and that's just kind of a fun wampum stompum vampires versus bears inside wars <laughs> kind of crazy yeah. game. Yeah, um, and then the other type of game is a game that we could play like kind of on the couch or in the bed. And it might be competitive. It might be like a simple card game. I mm-hmm. think our favorite um, for a while now has been Unspeakable Words. Mm-hmm. That's right um, there. Which isn't yeah. isn't very complicated. Yeah. It's kind of silly if you're into hardcore word games like Scrabble. Mm-hmm. It's not anything nearly as dense. Um, but it, it kind of tickles something that we're both very interested in. So Jackie does like word games. And mm-hmm. she does like things like Scrabble and Boggle. Mm-hmm. And, and I like Cthulhu and... <laughs> Rolling die and and making people go insane, um, you know. Even when they think they've made a good play, so yeah. it's it's kind of a fun little romp. It only takes you know fifteen, 15 minutes. minutes to play. You get yeah. little Cthulhu mm-hmm. minis that you get to play with. So, um, I think other ones we like are Monopoly Deal, mm-hmm. Scrabble Slam is is okay. It's kind of a guilty yeah. guilty yeah. fun. I don't think yeah. I don't I wouldn't say it's great, but you can play it kind of mm-hmm. anywhere. Well, Carnival, we played without waiting for the hey. off. Hey, that's a good thing. That sounds like a good game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, well, like, really, because... Well, we do get into those strategy games. You and I have played... Um, Confusion. Confusion. Head-to-head. Oh, Head-to-head. Head. Really good one. Good, yeah. Um, We're really looking forward to playing Twilight Struggle, Twilight kind Struggle. of making a whole day of it. Mm-hmm. Well, because that appeals to me thematically. I love the Cold War spies, espionage See, theme. That's so. very interesting, and I want to stop just for a second before you guys talk about it anymore, but what in the world? Here, we have two girls who are not really war gamers. I mean, you guys wouldn't consider yourself war no. gamers. Mm-hmm. But yet, Cold War and espionage games really appeal to you both. I think it's the nerd factor. Yeah. <laughs> it is. My undergraduate thesis was on the Cold War. Oh, well, well, there you go. I mean, that's yeah. really interesting, though. That's what I found fascinating about those themes is that they have a cross-genre appeal, which you wouldn't normally think. I mean, like, of course I'm in the, into the Cold War. I mean, it's, it's military history. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fantastic. But to see... Just the cross section of both of you liking, you know, that type of thing, which is why we want you guys, and we mentioned before, we want you guys to play Cold War CIA versus KGB because you'll love the theme, you'll both love the cat and mouse aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing, when you played Confusion, did you feel like the theme came out for you when you were playing it head to head, or how did you feel about that? Um, I don't. For me personally, I don't. I don't think the theme felt super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an, I don't know that's a super knock on the theme. I didn't mm-hmm. like detract from it either way because, yeah. you know, you've got this giant board in front of you and you've got to keep track of so much that you're not really, like, for me it had about the same amount of theme as Stratego in terms of the theme, you know, adding or subtracting from the game. Obviously it's a lot more complicated and in-depth than Stratego is. But, right, right. But, um... Yeah, so for, I mean, it's an excellent game, and I, I don't mean that to detract from the game at all. I'd highly recommend it to anyone that wants a good two-player head-to-head showdown. Yeah, we love it as well. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, for me, the theme, like, I didn't feel like I was part of the Cold War, you know. I, for me, it was mm-hmm. more like, you know, other than the, the vast amounts of red on one side of the board, you know, it didn't really. <laughs> for me, it was more like a spy versus spy. Yeah. 
Like it could have been really any two countries engaging. It right. could have been spy versus yeah. spy. And maybe that yeah. was just. My, I mean, we've only played it like two two, two times, times, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. And so like you know that might it might come out more as you play, and we don't have to worry so much about because there's there's so much. Um, it's got, I don't want to say guess who because that just makes it sound silly. No, but that's what I thought. But there's kind of, of like a, a process of elimination yeah, yeah. that goes mm-hmm. on and like a kind of a, a deduction aspect that goes on into who's got what ability. And like, so the first few times you play, you're so engrossed in who can move where and what exactly that means for your opponent that you're not, you know, you can't step back and kind of soak in the theme because it, you know, yeah, you're, you're focusing true. so much on what can I do, what should I be doing, what's what does this mean. So, yeah. you know, I'd like to give it a few more plays before. I'd say definitively, but you know, just a first and imp- you know, first two game impression. Like it was more, much more for me about the tactical, deductive experience than it was about the theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the mechanics of the theme don't really lend itself. Um, there's a lack of historical reference in the game, yeah, which doesn't detract from it at all. Thing, yeah. But um, yeah, I feel bad saying these things because it is such an excellent game. So. Yeah, but there, it, not every I think not every excellent game needs to have this super strong theme no. either. Yeah. Um, it's not the same as Twilight Struggle, where you're looking at a map and the cards actually have photographs on them, or mm-hmm. Cold War. Or like 1964. 1960. 1960. Yeah, make it a president. Yeah. <laughs> 64 is a very different presidency. Yeah. <laughs> um, which actually, there's you know character reference, there's historical mm-hmm. reference, there's um, accuracy. Right. That is is present, whereas mm-hmm. in confusion, it it is more abstract. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And yeah. I think the theme doesn't feel slapped on because the movements you're making make you feel like a spy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it works great. Mm-hmm. What about have you guys played Mr. Jack yet? We have put, only played Mr. Jack Pocket. Mm-hmm. Pocket. That's and we've right. only played it once. Yes. Yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, it's it, it's an extremely simple game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, hopefully you're okay with me saying this, but our first game was kind of actually ended up in kind of a meltdown. Where uh, Jackie, as the investigators, thought that uh, me, as Mr. Jack, had a little bit too much power mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. what's going on. And then the same turn that she complained, she actually won the game. I <laughs> <laughs> figured out who I was. So it kind of, yeah. it's a very, very quick game. Yeah. Less than 10 minutes. Really? It takes oh, wow. no time to set mm-hmm. up. Wow. It's got like one little clever twist and that makes it really like fun and quick and even. I think that's one that we could. You do need a little table surface to play it. So you know, you could bring one to bed, like a little lap desk, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or if you have a little surface up in you know in your room or whatever, um, you and do need a little surface for it. But that's one we're mm-hmm. going to revisit soon. And I, we we do own <coughs> Mr. Jack, the the original, not the New York one, and uh, we definitely want to get into that too because we think it might offer a little bit more of a yeah. a little bit more of a deep experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it just it seemed the tactical decisions were favoring you in the first couple of rounds. I mean, we only played three. Three rounds, I guess. But yeah, you had one in three rounds. Yeah, like you seem to have ten. an advantage in the first two. That just <laughs> it wasn't clear to me until the tiles actually started coming off. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I think position I was in. I think right. I have to reserve judgment for a few more yeah. plays. But for the, the, it was definitely an interesting little game. That was, I mean, it was super cheap. Was I think you got it for like eight bucks at the WBC. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I remember uh, you picking it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so like, I mean, for that price, it's totally worth worth it because it can be like a quick little deductive mm-hmm. one-on-one game just right. anywhere really in the house, which is kind of neat. So. And you guys yeah. like playing Summoner Wars as well, right? We've only played Summoner Wars once. Oh, once. I have. Yeah, well, um, once against each other. Once against each other. And that went pretty well. And that had... Summoner Wars really surprised us, I think, yeah. because we started playing it. And Jackie's not by any stretch... Um, I don't know if you'd call that a war game. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, like a one-on-one yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. army head-to-head yeah. game. And so, you know, when we first started, I was the goblins, Jackie was the dwarves. It was just one of the base, one of the master sets. And I spawned goblins every five seconds, and, and Jackie would get a you know a hardier dwarf out every so often. And so we both kind of took a step back and were like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem very yeah. balanced. But by the end of the game, it was coming down. It came down to the very last mm-hmm. turn, and either one of us could have won. Yeah. Had we played a certain way, and so I think the balance—the balance from what we initially perceived yeah. as imbalance—was like really surprised us, like to the point where we're like, "Wow, we've got to play this again." And eventually, it like it, it prompted us yeah. to want to buy the master set because our biggest complaint was the paper board that came with the little ones. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So with the master set, obviously that that pain point is is gone completely, and there's a really mm-hmm. nice foldable board. And not to mention, I think it's like ten other. We haven't opened it yet. So we're mm-hmm. really excited to. To get in there and see, with those two being so balanced, are the others just as balanced when pitted against each other? Like, is there going to be right. a similar element of surprise? 
And so it's got a really cool... Yeah. I know it's not your thing. It's not really Jackie's thing, but, you know, to be able to have a two-player game that doesn't necessarily... It's not my thing because I don't always have the patience to wait out the tipping point in the game. I think mm-hmm. for a lot of the tactical kind of wargaming things, your advantage in, in when we play them is that because you have slightly more experience playing with them, <laughs> you know or you are more likely to assume there's a point at which things are going to either balance out or we're going to be able to tell that the game is broken in some way that one of the players is favored. Yeah. And because I don't have that experience, I have less confidence that just because I look like my back might be up against the wall or that things aren't going very well that I'm going to be able to see it through to the end. That, that's happened with us too. Bull Run mm-hmm. we played, and it was a lot like that. Bull Run um, was the first kind of moderate, I mean, I, it's not even really a huge war game, but moderate war game that I introduced Monkey to, and I mean, it, w- there was a point where we just kind of had to stop, and you were asking me, you know, like, well, is this really how it is? I mean, it, there's such yeah, a war of attrition. Yeah, it doesn't seem to make a lot, of mis- mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and, and in the context of the Civil War, I mean, just by being a military history buff and um, by playing war games for so long, it, there's a certain point where you play that type of war game scenario where there may you may be outnumbered or mm-hmm. there's a certain like goal you're trying to reach that may seem absolutely insane, mm-hmm. but in the context of the way it is, it actually works that way. Mm-hmm. I, again, when you bring up Twilight Struggle, mm-hmm. what's interesting is that it's a fascinating you know, topic for you, Jackie, yeah. and for you, Monkey, but at the same time, we've already acknowledged that when you guys play, I mean, the U.S. is yeah. tough. I mean, it's really tough. It's very historically accurate, and mm-hmm. it makes you even wonder, like, how in the world did the U.S. pull off the Cold War? I mean, people say, oh, yeah, the U.S. won the Cold War, I put that in air quotes, but... I mean, they did because mm-hmm. communism eventually the Berlin Wall fell. The communism, you know, receded. Things like that. But in the end, Cold War was such a nebulous idea to begin mm-hmm. with. We don't really know. But it's fascinating you mentioned Summoner Wars because it, even though it's such a simplified yeah. version of that war game system, when you're playing it, it's kind yeah. of that. I don't know when the tipping point is, and mm-hmm. you, you can get that point where you might get frustrated. I get yeah. frustrated with it because I'm an old war gamer or miniatures war gamer rather, and Monkey over here is. Like decimating me, and I'm thinking. Of course, she's playing the elves, who's got like eighteen thousand people on the board. Whatever, but we're weak. Yeah, I've already called the elves. Yeah, I know, but still, it drives me insane. Anyway. You're like an ogre, whatever those things are. Orcs. Orcs. <laughs> same thing. They're same all thing. the same. They're all over the right. Orcs, green yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, tangent as mm-hmm. usual. So you guys have mentioned. Um, have you guys played Japur yet? No. No. Okay. We mentioned cooperative games, co-ops of mm-hmm. you know all all kinds of yeah. shapes and sizes. Um, yeah, I think Forbidden Island is probably still one of our favorites and one of the most amazing yeah. deals in in the gaming world. Oh, and Elder Sign, we forgot to mention Elder Sign, yeah. yeah, which is and, well, creeping want, up there. And I wanted to save Elder Sign only because that kind of brings me into like a third area. So we had the co-ops, oh, yeah. we have kind of the quick two-player board games that you don't necessarily need a table for. Easy, you know, you can play in the in the couch or on the couch watching TV. Mm-hmm. And then the third one would be, um, I think, since we've gotten the iPad, they've yeah. been really, really excited about it because it allows us to play games that we couldn't normally play on the road mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or, you know, when it's getting late or in the living room. Or because we and, don't have a third person. Or Yeah, or even because, in yeah. some cases, mm-hmm. because we don't have a third person. So, you know, games like Elder Sign, which are a whole lot of fun but can take a little bit of time to set up, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, and now we can play on the iPad. Or, um, I'm trying to think, so, uh, Hey, That's My Fish... Yeah. Where you know we have we happen to have the the tiny version, not the super deluxe mm-hmm. version, and that can be, you know, it's it's really fun and easy. But if you don't have a table, you know, you have those little t- tiny tiles that can explode everywhere. Yeah. The iPad version is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other ones might be Ticket to Ride was a really good one. Small World, like mm-hmm. other ones where you know we can now play them remotely, and it's a very very solid experience. They're all done very 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 well and true to form of the board game. And we can do it on the road or, you know, mm-hmm. in situations where we wouldn't normally be able to play. So I think that's been that's been really yeah. awesome for us, too. Yeah, that's something we haven't really talked about much on the podcast because we don't really have much experience. We don't have an iPad. I mean, you know, Monkey just got her Kindle Fire for Christmas. And we've been playing Monopoly, which we would never, ever play oh. at the table. Yeah, what in the world? I mean, we play Monopoly like crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's got, weird. It's really weird. Especially we, if you reference, like, one of our first podcasts ever where I say that... I don't like Monopoly. Yeah, yeah and here we, I am. <laughs> here we are playing. But I think what's interesting about Monopoly on the Kindle Fire and Monopoly in general with the, the digital version mm-hmm. is we can play against the computer. 
And with us as a couple, it's funny, we actually start to pull together against the computer because he's such a punk. So we're like, all right, we're going to gang up and take the computer down. The race car. Yeah, exactly, the race car. The race car is always the computer on our Kindle Fire Edition. And he's a punk. I mean, he plays like a punk. And we're just like, what? And then we take advantage of him, too, because the trades he makes are ridiculous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, we're going to give you, like, Baltic Avenue. We'll take Boardwalk and 50 bucks or whatever. I mean, and he was just like, okay. Uh, but anyway, we, we have a good time, even though it takes a long time. But the Monopoly version and some of the more classic games, there are only a few limited house rules you can make on those. So now there's a fresh look of those in digital gaming, especially in a couple's gaming, mm-hmm. that you revisit that is a whole new experience. You know, Monopoly would last eight hours. I mean, yes, it still lasts like around an hour and a half, two hours mm-hmm. maybe sometimes. But it, it you don't make it stretch on forever because mm-hmm. you know there has to be an end to it. I think this... Um like new wave onset of digital gaming like on mobile devices is going to have a really positive effect on the board gaming world because number one for some reason like learning how to play a digital version of a game doesn't seem as gruesomely tedious (laughs) to read rules you know plus if you make a mistake Whatever, you can cancel your game and start all over again, and it doesn't take that whole startup process again. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think that it, it can bring couples together because mm-hmm. they can play together easily, and mm-hmm. again, there's there's not that whole setup time, which right. is what can actually be a cause of disinterest in a lot of people. Yeah. And I think the other the other thing is is cost. I mean, yeah, you can true. get that's right, a yeah. great board game app for anywhere from a dollar ninety nine to four ninety nine, even ninety nine cents. That yeah. Monopoly is ninety nine cents. We got yeah. SimCity. Yeah, yeah, SimCity. And so, well, not a board game. But it's still. not. It's oh. not. It's not cost Sorry. prohibitive, and it doesn't take up a lot of space for you know couples that may not have a huge house or uh, you know aren't mm-hmm. able to have a gaming library. You know, and you know they can play some of these games that might be you know more gateway games. They're not quite your traditional Clue or Monopoly or game. Which you know are available everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's kind of now anyone can get these games that are, you know, Settlers of Catan, uh, Puerto Rico, maybe some games that are considered more of like a gateway. I don't, I don't know that I put Puerto Rico in that category. Oh, yeah. Roll through the ages. But Settlers, Roll Settlers of Catan, oh, Roll through the ages, through the ages. You Small did? World. Yeah. yeah. Have you played it? We haven't opened it yet, but <laughs> it's on the list. Have you guys um, been in a situation where you've bought the digital version of a game and that's made you want to buy the cardboard version? I don't think so. Or has so. it happened in reverse I, so far? I, I played so Digital far. Bang before. Digital Bang. Yeah, we, still, we still actually we own Bang but haven't opened it. But, but we did. That's that's probably the one thing I can think of. Because the app for Bang yeah. is really good. Although it doesn't... It's a different kind of game. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't really that social aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's definitely one that caused us to purchase the, the actual game of yeah. Bang. So that we can play it with a group. Once our, once our, once our yeah. couples groups get mm-hmm. together. So. Yeah, and it's like... Uh, well, let me ask you this too. I mean... Well, we'll move beyond digital gaming here in just a second, but would you, in the long run, would you rather play the digital version or would you rather play the analog version? I think ultimately we prefer the analog version. But I, say, I think for me on, it depends on the game. Depends on the yeah. game and how much time we have and where we yeah. are. Yeah. You know, but all if all things yeah. being equal, you know, if we're in our house, access to our table, it's a good we'll time of the day. Table. Like we will use the table and break out the yeah. break out the table. Now, why do you think that is? This is an interesting again tangent, but this is something we haven't really talked much about on the podcast. So, I mean, we've mentioned a bit about how we would like to play the analog games because we like to mm-hmm. unplug. But I mean, I think guys, I think it's very similar for us yeah. because we, you know, we also have video games in the house. We have our laptops. We have our our TV. You know, and those are mm-hmm. always on all the time. And like part of why I like board gaming is because it's separate from that. Like mm-hmm. I like I like games in general, but I love being at a table with friends, having a drink, mm-hmm. maybe having a snack, having a good laugh. And with a digital game, you know, much like an online game, you know, you don't often get that. So yeah. for us, it's a, you know, even if it's yeah. just the two of us, we found the same thing happens. Yeah. Like if we're just passing back and forth the iPad. We tend to converse a little bit less, maybe make fewer jokes. You know, maybe that's because we're always sleepy when we do it. But, <laughs> but, but when we're playing games, we, yeah. we get a little more into it. Our, our energy is a little bit higher. We're kind of huddled over. We're like we're on every roll. Yeah. You know, because on an iPad, you're still only usually like one of you is looking at it at a time. But yeah. if it's on a yeah. table between you, it's the focus. I think it brings a lot to the. Yeah. I think it brings a lot to be playing playing stuff on a table still, but you know that that, that being said, we can fix. yeah, yeah, it's a quick good fix. quick fix yeah. for for things that we really enjoy. Cool. 
Yeah. Speaking of laughter, um, I thought another fun thing to talk about would be what games are fun to play as couples. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, and, I mean, our experience well, here, which the, I was really excited about because I'm the only one sitting here at the table who had never played it before, is Time's Up. Total Time's Recall. Up, I keep wanting to say Total, total Recall. Total Recall, <laughs> yeah. Arnold comes out of her. Time's Up, Total Recall. Total Recall. <laughs> well, speaking of Time's Up, Total Recall, and we'll get back to this moment in just a second. We actually recorded a small segment of our play a couple nights ago. We've played it almost every night that, that we've been mm-hmm. here. So I'm going to go back and play a small clip of that so you guys can hear a little bit of the insanity, and we'll talk about it in a second. Ready? All yeah, right. go. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, a western state. California, uh, Nevada? Yes. California. And, and, uh, Girls? This is, yes. Thank you. Uh, I just said it. Um, <laughs> oh, Girl from Ipanema? Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, Mackenzie. David. What? <laughs> uh, Queen Song. Uh, we are the champions. The big long one. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, oh, oh. man. That's alright. Oh, that was good enough. I know, big time. How many of these did you have when you guys played before? None, None? of those. All, all the family, family opera was the only one. Yeah. How did you have Blazing Saddles? Because my horse was on fire. fire. What else would it be? I don't even know what Blazing Saddles is. It's a, oh, no, it's, it's a, a western. Oh. It's a comedy. Not quite a western. Yeah, it's, it's a western show. comedy. No, a western no. movie. It's a, it's a western movie. comedy movie. It's Mel Blanc. Mel, 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 Mel Brooks. Mel Blanc. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Okay. It's a song. Romantic. Just. Oh, I can't say that word. The video game where you press the buttons and play the instrument. Guitar Hero. Weird. Whoa, weird. Uh. Birth to go very quickly. The song. <laughs> Born to run. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. I had no idea what the hell she was talking I about. Did none. No idea. Birth to go very quickly. And I thought it was in my car. Oh, the boss? Bruce Reese did? Uh, birth to go really quickly. Indian food. <laughs> Indian food. <Yeah. laughs> Baby fish mouth. Baby fish mouth. Perfect segue. So good. <laughs> okay. okay, so yeah, again, I'll go. We like Times Up, Title Rico, obviously. I mean, and we have referenced things we've talked about you know, a thousand times. We've we've been mentioning these things. Do you feel like what are there are there any other games that you would like to you know play as a couple with other couples? Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think we're we're actually just now starting to explore what those games are. And mm-hmm. I think some of the ones we've had success with. Definitely are uh, King of Tokyo, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, uh, and both as individual people and as couples playing as kind of like one monster. So that, oh, that's yeah, cool. That's yeah. So that was, I mean, because there was, we had eight people and we all wanted to play, so we had uh, teams of four. Yeah, two couples played as Sean and I, and then another couple each took control so of one really monster. Good. Oh, that's um, cool. Oddly enough, one of, one of our more positive experiences with, was with Get Bit. Uh, that oh, same yeah. night, um, yeah. and I, yeah. maybe because a lot of it was primed with King of Tokyo. Obviously, that's it's it's a pretty simple game, yeah. but that ended up mm-hmm. giving us a lot of laughs, which again is kind of my criteria for whether a game is good in that situation yeah. or not. Yeah, um, you can't go wrong with Times of Title Recall. And ever. We, played, we just played Forbidden Island with George and Jay. Oh, Forbidden Island! If you have one other couple friend, forbid or couple uh, that are friends with you, mm-hmm. uh, the forbid, Forbidden Island is an awesome experience. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, for our more hardcore, hardcore gaming couple friends, then we could start talking about things like Defenders of the Realm. I, I wouldn't want to introduce that with... We have a lot of friends that just aren't... There aren't really gamers, and we're kind of... We do play some things. Yeah. But that's, you know... Oh, and the first game I played with you guys and with other gamer friends was Arkham Horror. I was just going to oh, say yeah. that. The Christmas yeah. Arkham Horror Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah. the first time I played. Yeah. And that's, again, that's... Well, that's dedicated. I mean, that's more of the hardcore gaming crowd. But, I mean, you'd never played... Monkey had never played I'm Arkham Horror before that night. And you did really well. And Jackie, Jackie had actually had a negative experience with Arkham really? Horror before oh, yeah. that we because we'd been playing with a different set of people mm-hmm. that had they were a little bit more advanced and weren't very patient. Oh, and Jackie I see. Was trying they to were learn. not very cooperative. So for Jackie, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it felt to me just observing you that it was yeah. a complete 180. Like you seemed to have a really, really good time. No, that's one of my biggest criteria. Whether I'm gaming with you or with other people, is that there needs to be patience. I mean, it's it's 
probably no surprise to anybody here that I, I hate timed games. <laughs> yeah. With the exception of things like charades or categories, but if, or if there's time, 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 title right. recall. Keep the sand yeah. timer away from Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I hate being feeling the pressure and that's what happened the first time we played yeah. Arkham Horror was that I was playing with people that knew the game and knew the characters so well that it just got yeah. It got tense. Well, and that's the thing with a game like well, I understand that. The thing with like with a game like Arkham Horror and, and other games where you don't have a timer, I mean you gotta be gaming with people. The most important thing is to, to pick a couple if you're gonna game as couples, pick a couple that are on the same wavelength as you are because mm-hmm. you'll have no fun if people aren't just relaxing and having fun with the game. I mean like we mm-hmm. we just finished playing Macau. Mm-hmm. I mean it took us probably about two hours, right? It felt substantial. But that included like that run. included instruction yeah. and refreshing yeah. and everything. And that was yeah. a pretty good game length. I mean, usually if you have experienced people in Macau, maybe an hour, hour and a half. But we went around two hours, but that was fine because we dedicated the time mm-hmm. for that. And we were all you know, just hanging out and having a good time. If you're trying to game with people who were like, you got to take your turn just like this, 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 and Min- this. Min maxers or people that just want to go really quickly and get yeah. as many games yes. as possible. Just not very fun for anybody. I mean, and I, I'm fine with gaming all with all types of people, but for the most part, if you're going to play a game, relax, take your time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I do want to mention a couple of other games that we've played here that I think would be good candidates for for other couples, um, because. One other thing that happens is it's not it's not usually one other couple, and I don't know if that's unique to us or if that just happens a lot. Typically, it's either the two of us, or it's like six or eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we try to find games that kind of fit into those other categories, um, and so one of those is that we played actually just yesterday that really really impressed me it was Chronicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only because it's it's a, just a great game, but also because that can be like most people are familiar with with standard card games like hearts or spades. So a lot of the aspects of Chronicle are easy to teach and familiar. Yeah. And so, like, that's one that we're, like, after we played it, I was like, oh, we've got to get this on the table with some of our other couple friends mm-hmm. because it can play up to eight, I believe. Unless, no, it's six. Five. Five? five? Actually, three to five. Yeah, three to five. All right, well. But at least one yeah. other couple. Well, at least yeah. one other couple, that yeah. would be a good choice. And <laughs> maybe maybe one half of one other couple. <laughs> While the other the one needs half, a break. Yeah. The good half, yeah. that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think Seven Wonders, Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders was, has proven to be a wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I haven't played it yet with any different number of players than four, but I can well, imagine... Well, we played three. Yeah, I sat out last night. Or any yeah. more than four. Like, um, but more than four, For yeah. like couples, right. maybe, right. six maybe. I but think I, actually you know. six with couples would probably be pretty cool, especially... Honestly, if you had a party where mm-hmm. you had couples and you were able to play Seven Wonders, it would be interesting to kind of mix the couples up mm-hmm. so that, like, you know, I'm not always Next trying to, to get... Us. Right, I'm not yeah, always trying to get Monkey's resources and, you know, you're not always trying to get Sean's resources, things like that. You could actually mix the couples yeah. up so you're playing new against new partners that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily always know. And that's a yeah. cool aspect of Seven Wonders, too, because you're always... And for those of you out there who have not played Seven Wonders, which is probably like two of you by this point, but... If you if you don't know about Seven Wonders, you, you can play up to seven people in the game, but you're only really competing. I mean, you're competing against everyone, but you're only really having to deal with the person on either side yeah. of you. So you're two neighbors, and you can buy resources from them. You're taking cards from them, depending on what, what age it is. So in that aspect, it would be very cool to kind of to do mix and match in a six-player atmosphere with, mm-hmm. with, six, with three different couples. So, But Seven Wonders definitely nefarious. Nefarious is a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I want to play that again at some point. Yeah. Jackie's you, quiet. <laughs> what did you think of Nefarious? <laughs> I was a little confused by Nefarious. Really? Yeah. I but it was the first time I played it and I am I always have questions after the first time I play a board game. I'm definitely someone that you can't ask me what I think about a board game the first time I play it. Because the answer is always the same. I'm confused. I need to play it again. Yeah. Well, that's fair, yeah. at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not just like, I'm confused. I don't ever want to touch it again. Yeah. yeah. And so, I, that's well, very rarely. I don't... Yeah. Sean and I did have a bad couples gaming experience with Harry Potter and the... Oh, that game's just... Don't even mention the it. The Hogwarts <laughs> Cup. Yeah. <laughs> totally bad. Don't, not even going to mention it. Confused and never want to play put, it again. You should beat that out, Chris, if you can. Or put a, I'll put a beep. Put a big <laughs> beep after the title. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love Nefarious. I was immediately engrossed with the theme. Yeah. Um, I mm-hmm. think that the fact that you have different uh, are they task cards? Is that, that what they're called? Twist, twist mm-hmm. cards. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have two different twist cards that they change the game enough to make it feel 
very very different each time you play. I can I get that impression. Obviously, we only played it once, but right. just playing it that once, you can see how much it affected. You know what would be a base strategy to the game. So mm-hmm. I theme was fantastic, artwork was fantastic, uh, gameplay was very fast, mm-hmm. and uh, and seems like it will be very varied, very 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 varied. Yeah, uh, will be very yeah very uh, different with different twist cards. So I think. That that's one of my favorites. I wish it was a little bit easier to find right now, but that's yeah. you know again it's only up to four players, so that'd be you know either you. What's well, up to six? Is it? Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know anything. <laughs> so there you go. That that might be a great candidate for well, two other couples. There you now go. That I know that exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Even better. Yeah, there's two two games we played at the WBC, which I want to get your opinions on. Which I thought we had a fairly good time. One was a little bit contentious, but first the Resistance, which I feel like is actually a really good group. Just game in general. I love the resistance at the WBC. It was my first playthrough with the um, the, the, the plot twist cards, cards. the yeah. plot twist cards, mm-hmm. and I I loved it with the plot twist cards. I think though, in our group of friends, I'm in the minority liking the plot twist cards. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, I like them. A lot, I've only yeah. played it that one time with the with the plot twist cards. We have actually mostly played the base game, and after I mean. After playing Resistance, I'll never play Werewolf again if I have the Resistance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Handy, so. yeah. Well, we we've started traveling with the Resistance. And that's just to have. I'd it say one. Yeah. That's definitely one that's a good. That's a good couples game. Yeah. Um, as long as couples don't mind things getting a little bit contentious. Yeah, that's yeah. okay with yeah. lying. Because it's, it's well, you're not really lying. Yeah. You're just playing a game. It's not quite as bad oh, as the John other one. I think you're going to mention. But, yeah. <laughs> well, the yeah. other one, I'm not going. I'm not going to get into lifeboat. <laughs> We're not going into life, but because honestly, I'll be I'll be quite honest with you that okay, you are, you mentioned that with the resistance, you have to make sure you make a caveat before you start playing. Lifeboat, you definitely have to make a caveat, and the same thing with Bang to a certain extent. Because what, sorry, what game was it that one couple, one of your coworkers, actually ex coworkers, and his girlfriend? Bang. Okay. Okay, it was Bang. Bang was... We made the mistake one night of getting all together, and there was a few couples playing, things like that. First of all, Zach and his girlfriend, Michelle, showed up and started playing Bang, and Michelle walked away from the table, literally walked away from the table when playing Bang. Then... Zach made the mistake of, of suggesting we play Lifeboat, and for those of you, you know, those of you who've listened to the podcast know that I've mentioned Lifeboat on several occasions. It is the ultimate social game in the fact that you are going to screw everyone over, and that's you just have to know that. Yeah, I mean that that game can put marriages in jeopardy. Well, yes. she left. So, yeah. She left after playing that game. She took three turns and left. She literally walked away from the table and said, I'm going home, and left. Drove herself home. <laughs> That's crazy. It was that bad. That's so funny. I'm not going to get into Lifeboat because, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm going to advise for most people out there possibly listening, talking about couples gamings, don't play Lifeboat. <laughs> just don't. Unless you guys are like really hardcore social gamers and you just are okay with doing that. Make now, sure you have some buffer friends. Some buffer friends, yeah. right. Put, throw some people in front of each other. The one that I'm going to mention we played at WBC, how about Saboteur? Sa- I'm, I'm glad you brought up Saboteur because yeah. I feel like that's kind of, that's more of a middle ground yeah. between and probably actually more on par with the resistance in terms yeah. of, of, of conflict level. I felt like that was a little bit more manageable and nowhere near as confrontational while still having confrontation. Right, mm-hmm. like it didn't feel as angry or as malicious as something like Lifeboat, where it just is. Like that's just yeah. how you have yeah. to play it. Yeah. So yeah, Sab- Saboteur, I really enjoyed. I think we only played it once or twice, but I really want to. Uh, I really would like to play that again at some point. Yeah. I think that yeah. one's pretty hard to find right now too. And Jackie did really well. I like Saboteur. Saboteur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I had good cards. I wound up in. <laughs> I wound up in the role I needed to be when I needed to be in it. Yeah. Which brings up a great point. So if you're ever playing with people that are contentious or that you would like to play board games with again at some point. Sometimes it's not a bad idea to maybe let them win. <laughs> so my just for the record, <laughs> I do I never let Monkey win, but that's because I never win, <laughs> <laughs> and she never lets me win, vice versa. So one of if, if you know any guys out there that are trying to get their wives or girlfriends into gaming, let them win. <laughs> Put your competitive spirit aside. And maybe take one for the team, at least on the first play or first two plays. If you want that to play Because again. that will ensure future plays, especially if they're new. Or the rule that we don't keep score the first oh, time we play. Yeah. There you go. That's Which good. is That's a good way good. to learn. Although, sometimes in the case of a game like Survive, if you try to play very passively, <laughs> it's not much <laughs> of a game at all. It breaks the game. An otherwise very fun and kind yeah. of 
friendly competitive. Yeah. I feel like you know. Oh yeah. About, like, it, well, I mean, it's yeah. built yeah. into the mechanics of the game. I mean, you you just can't play survive. You can't play survive friendly because no. it breaks the game. Not even yeah. when you're trying to learn the mechanics. <laughs> everybody. Which we were. Well, I guess it doesn't in the sense that everybody wins every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because exactly. that's what happens. Everybody wins and everybody survives. It's in like survive. yay, everybody won. So it's not very tense. Yeah. It's like an episode of Lost where they find. You know, a magical treasure trove of coconuts and teleporters back to the <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's not really my thing when I want to play a game. No, so. not mine either. So, um, well, I mean, we, we've mentioned a lot of great things you can play both as couples and with other couples to make sure that you're, you're playing all the way around. Is there anything that you would add that you would throw out there for people to either advice or um, games that they should play or ga- actually games that you guys would like to play as couples? I'd like to try Mystery Express. I don't know. Yes. I haven't. I don't know it's enough not a about it. Game, unfortunately. I, I mean, need to see where it falls, but that's on my you list. You need three. Um, on my list is Lords of Vegas. That's one of my top oh, ones yeah. because I think Jackie would really, really very enjoy good that one. Mm-hmm. Du- dual couples game. Okay. Absolutely. And I think that could scale. Yeah. To, to it's to four, is that to four? Both to four. And Mystery Express would be a good dual couples game yeah. as well because it's three to five. Four is a really yeah. good number for that game. But it has that investigative kind of yes. espionage thing that I think you and I could play competitively. And that uh, was uh, sorry. Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, I think that's one where the theme might trump the competitiveness for me. Like, you and I do well with more investigative, spy mystery type things. Yeah, that is that is true. That tones down. But there, I don't feel like there are that many games, like no. two-player... Like, I guess Mr. Jack, but it's, Mr. Jack, yeah. Yeah. it's more of a one-on-one. Well, let us, mm-hmm. but I will say, we played Letters from Whitechapel at 101, and it, we would rather play Mr. Jack as couples with us. But yes. doing, like, as a matter of fact, I almost brought it this weekend, but I think Mr., uh, or Letters from Whitechapel with two couples mm-hmm. is would be a really, really good game. Um, you just have to honestly, you know, decide who's going to be the loner and play, you know, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, but the, the other half of the couple could help... Mm-hmm. Everybody else kind of, you know, you have more personal insight onto how that person thinks. Right. So that yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, monkey? Anything you think we should get that you? No, I just have a final note that um, my final words that despite all these awesome couple games that are out there, games for two and that we can enjoy with each other, we did, I think, all establish that if we could start a rent-a-friend service <laughs> for all those three-player games, yeah. like minimum three-player games, such as um, Viva Java and Chronicle, Isfahan, Mystery Express. Yeah. So if anyone out there Chronicle. is interested in making a few bucks, mm-hmm. we'd like to rent you out. Yes, because we, we really don't want to take on a second wife. <laughs> or husband. Or, or husband. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Hey! <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for coming and gaming with us and talking with us on the podcast. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now it's time for the state of games. Yeah. So I know we've rambled on for quite a bit already about games with Sean and Jackie, but we've just gotten home and uh, we wanted to talk a little bit because we've had the chance to play so many games over the holidays. We didn't cover all of them when we were talking with Sean and Jackie, so I just want to take a minute and ask Monkey what her favorite couple of games she played over the holidays. Um, I think Macau is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. you like it. Yeah, and you mentioned that I would like it, and I did indeed. That's why I bought it. Yeah. Santa actually brought us that game. Yeah. It was at my mom's waiting for us. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, if For any of you listeners who don't know, it is a Euro. Um, it's a hardcore Euro. Yeah. Euro to the max. Although it does have dice in it, so it's the new breed of Euro. Yeah, it's got a really cool mechanic um, about using dice in order to get action cubes, and the action cubes allow you to either buy goods or ship goods or move up the wall. You're... Um, why are you laughing at me? I moved up the wall. <laughs> when I tried to explain that to you the first time, you're like, what wall? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, basically, you are... Are you a merchant? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Okay. And you're trying to ship goods to different ports around the world. Right. As most Euros, you are doing something where you're trying to transport goods from one place to the other or monopolize goods. But it's... Uh, it's 
it's an interesting little game because there's a lot of little micro decisions to make, but you also have to balance the luck of the dice and try to plan ahead a little bit with gathering your goods. Highly recommend anybody who likes interesting and sort of funky mechanics and euros to really check it out. As long as they're not playing against the human computer like monkey. Whatever. <laughs> there, like you said, there are dice involved, so it's not like I can calculate everything. You can't calculate. That's true. You can't calculate every single move. So, uh, what else have we played that you liked? I think everything else was mentioned already. Oh, really? Everything? Yeah. Every single thing. What yeah. about where my fish at? Do we mention where my fish at? Yeah, we did mention where my fish at. Okay, that was your Christmas present. Did you like your? Christmas yeah, I liked present? my Christmas present. Yeah. I like Santa's present better. <laughs> Macau. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the ones we played, I know we talked a little about Seven Wonders with Sean and Jackie. I thought that was really awesome, especially good for four players. And I really enjoyed Fealty, and I know we talked a little bit about that, but not much because we hadn't played that when we did the podcast yet, had we? Mm-mm. No. What about Fealty? Did you like Fealty? I did like Fealty. Um, I actually enjoyed it better the first time than the second time. Why do you think that was? Um, I think part of it was the second time I did try a certain strategy and it totally busted. <laughs> so that wasn't a lot of fun. And I realized it probably a third of the way into the game that that strategy was not going to work. So the rest of the game wasn't particularly exciting for me. Yeah. Because I could tell that um, for any of you who haven't, hasn't... <laughs> <laughs> For any of you who haven't played Fealty, um, it's an area control game um, where you have nine different possible, I guess, what do we call them? I, and I'm not sure what the rule book calls them, but the gist of the game is you're trying to spread influence throughout the kingdom so you can be the next ruler of the kingdom. And so they're your little advisors slash... People who go out into the land to spread influence, like a general and an agent and people like that. Um, so I tried to save some of my faster characters um, till the end of the game so that they could override the slower ones that I had played earlier, um, which was kind of the reverse of what I had played the first time. Right. Um, which I thought would be a solid It seemed like a strategy. solid strategy, yeah. but it didn't work. But it may yeah. not have worked simply because we had four people playing instead of three, and so there's more variables to think about, and you, you can't plan for what everybody else is going to do. So I was I was shocked that it you had as few points as you did, because it seemed like you were playing pretty well. I mean, I had while. like 50% less than the the third lowest player. Yeah, that was pretty so crazy. So pretty dramatic. Yeah, very dramatic. So um, I really liked Fealty. Again, a kickstarted game just came out from Esmati Games. Check that out. Um, you can check it out on Gamesloot.com, where you can also, if you'd like to go to Gamesloot.com, shop.gamesloot.com, you can check out Carnival. Most of you have played it by now, and a lot of you have sent in uh, emails and comments on BoardGameGeek, and a lot of you have just loved playing the game and been very supportive. So we really appreciate all of you out there who have had a good time with it over the holidays. And for all of you who have not had a chance to play, find someone else that has the game and play or take a look at Gamesalute.com. So um, also, really quickly, uh, the games that we mentioned and we talked about with Sean and Jackie, some of them I will be taking a closer look at uh, just briefly on DiceHateMe.com either later this week or beginning of next week. So take a look at that and stay tuned for that. Um, and one other thing before we segue out of this entire thing, we don't talk about digital gaming much on the State of Games, but that may soon change, right? Maybe. Maybe? Yeah, I got an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> she, before, when when did we get our Androids? It was October of 2010? It was August of 2010. August of 2010, we got our Androids, and that was her first smartphone, and she didn't know she needed it before then, and then she couldn't live without it. And now, she's graduated to an iPhone, and at the same time, I got an iPad. So, uh, yeah, we've been eyeball deep in digital goodies. Yeah, it was a great Christmas present. We got a gift card to the Apple Store, and we... We basically pondered for a couple of weeks what we wanted to use them for, and that was the decision we made. And now, because of that, we are on the Game Center. Is yep. that what it's called? Game Center. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't really do digital games. Like that's not my thing. But apparently, I found a few that I like. <laughs> 
Yeah, so if you want to check us out on the Game Center, if you all of you have iDevices and, and are hooked up to the Game Center, our Game Center names are... The Monkey 238, because somewhere in the world there's another Monkey 238, and I don't know who he or she is, but... If any of you come across the other <laughs> Monkey 238, and it may actually be your your robotic double that came around a long time ago, but if they find Monkey 238 and you become friends with them, tell them that they're imposters. <laughs> <laughs> so I am the Monkey 238. And you can find me on Game Center as Dice Hate Me. So nobody's chosen to be an imposter for me quite yet. So, um, again, we've got a few games. We'll be getting more. We've got Puerto Rico we're going to try out. I've been playing a little bit of Kingsburg. So a lot of board games here and there we'll be picking up, and also just little um, appy-type games. Like now Monkey's been playing Temple Run for two days straight. and Two days straight? A day and a half. I played it last night. Yeah, and all day today. I played it for ten <laughs> minutes today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So, and finally, before we say goodbye for this episode, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now. On the last podcast, we mentioned um, where you could check out more information for it, but the Unpub 2 is finally here. Yeah, that's right. We're headed to Dover, Delaware this weekend for Car Trunk Entertainment's Unpublished Games Festival. We'll be traveling with David McKenzie of Clever Mojo Games, and that's pretty cool because I haven't met him yet in person. That's right. Um, and we'll also be meeting up with T.C. Petty III, designer of our next publishing venture. Viva Java! Viva Java! So if any of you want to come out and meet and game with us or with any of the other cool people that will be there, take a look at cartrunk.net for more details on all of the gaming goodness this coming Saturday. Yeah, tons of games and people to meet there. It's going to be awesome. I think it was 19 unpublished games the last time. Yes. And I mean... And unpublished doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to be published. I mean, like Viva Java, we're publishing uh, Clever Mojo Games. David is going to have three games. At last count, I think it was three. Um, And I've played two of them, and they're awesome. And uh, so if you want to play more, come on out to Dover, Delaware, and check it out on cartrunk.net. So until next time, if you want to know more about us, our upcoming projects, like Viva Java, or would just like to chat about board games, you can always find us on Twitter. I'm Dice Hate Me. And I'm Monkey238. If you'd like to rent a friend, I'm available <laughs> looking for a job. So, uh, hit me up. <laughs> so, and don't forget to check out DiceHateMe.com for all kinds of gaming news and review goodness heading your way in the next few weeks. Until next time, this is Dice Hate Me. And Monkey238. Saying thanks for listening. And, and may, may all your, your rolls be sixes. sixes.